Welcome to the Job Search Podcast with your host, John Rivero, where we will be interviewing leading industry experts to help you get the job that you want. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Canadian Job Search Podcast. I'm very happy to have a very special guest with us this week, Lena Wong. She is a human resources professional, and I thought I'd bring her in to answer some of the questions that you guys might be wondering around what's happening in this current environment with the pandemic that we're going through, and what can you do as somebody who's a job seeker or somebody who's actually in a job today to get around you know, some of the things that are happening and what are you entitled to, what are some of your rights, and where can you just get some information? And I thought having Lena here to provide some of those insights would be a great asset to all of you. So welcome to the podcast, Lena. Hi, John. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be on here. Yeah, I, I, Lena and I, we, we know each other from a course that we were, were taking together. And um, when I asked her if she'd be open to having a conversation in and around this, she, she, she stepped up right away and said, yeah, let's do this. So I'm really glad that you're here. So Lena, you know, based on what's happening in today's environment and as a human resources professional, what are some of the things that you're seeing that is impacting some folks out there? So if you're a job searcher, um, I guess I'll take it from two different perspectives. Yeah. If you're a job searcher, um, there are companies who are not hiring, so they're holding off on hiring because business continuity is a priority for them. But there are businesses that, that are hiring, right? So for the businesses that aren't hiring and you really want to get into them, I think it's a really good time to actually prepare. So how do you prepare? I find a lot of people, um, especially for, for new immigrants or new students, they'll say, I don't have experience or I don't have Canadian experience. And I find a really good way of getting around that. Um, one is understanding what that Canadian experience is or what experiences entail, because you do have different kinds of skills and assets um, and experiences from whether school or from a different country, from a previous role that you can bring to the current role or whatever role that you're applying to. So it's understanding that before you can actually really tailor your, your response. Um, and then also going into the industry or going to the company, um, do a little bit of research, take the time to do that. Um, and how you do that is, you know, find someone within the industry, get to know uh, about the industry, how they operate. Um, you know, if it's a sales industry, what are their sales channels? If it's a tech industry, how do they, uh, you know, sell their products? How do they market and all that stuff? So getting to know that make, helps you talk about um, what you know, and that gives you kind of an advantage instead of, um, you know, they ask you what experience you have or what Canadian experience you have, and you sit there stumped going, oh, I don't have any. Um, but you can talk about what you know, right? Mm -hmm. And then, um, and I find, so recently we had a co-op student that, that we heard, and I, he did something that was really amazing, and I thought that was really great. Um, he actually reached out to our current co-op student, so the one that um, he's going to be taking over. And he asked her about the role and what she did. So I thought that was a great way to, you know, for people now, um, if you have the time, you know, reach out to someone within the company of a certain role that you're interested in, um, have an informal talk with them. Uh, do, you can do it virtually now, which is really great. Um, and now people have some time. <laughs> they may be able to offer that that time to you too. Just get to know what they do, and then it's extra information for you when you go into an interview. 
um, to talk about, you know, what you know about the job and what you know about the company. And then uh, I guess for, you know, people who are currently employed um, and maybe thinking about, you know, how the business is going and worried about their job. Um, I would say it, it can be a little proactive in terms of, I think the main priority for business nowadays is how do they stay in business? So having the business continuing continuity plan. So from an employee's perspective, I mean, employees are first in line and they may have insight into a lot of things on how to save cost or cut down cost. And that may be something to help the company. So you can suggest ideas to your you know, employer, to your manager, um, that's going to help them get through it. So that would be one thing I would suggest. Another thing is obviously look after your own mental health and the needs of you and your own family. I think that'll be priority as well. Um, and one thing the company that I work with is is doing really well and having our leaders really encouraged in that too. So, mm. you know, if you're fortunate in a company that is looking after the health and safety of their employees, that's really great, but some employees aren't in that situation. So then you really need to take that into your own consideration and do what's best for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. You've got some great points. So we're talking about Canadian experience. I like, and actually I want to dive into that a little bit more because mm -hmm. this is one question that we get asked a lot, especially with a lot of the, the newcomers that are coming to Canada, you know, how do they get over the hurdle? Because it, it seems like it's one of those things that stop them. Like, mm -hmm. you know, or <clears throat> what's even more interesting is they're in the room, they're doing an interview. So They've gotten through the ATS, they've gotten through the recruiter who knows that they don't have Canadian experience, but then they end up in the room with the manager, they go through a full interview, and then at the end of the interview, the manager will say, well, you know, you don't have enough Canadian experience to do this role. So what does it mean? So what does it mean exactly when people say Canadian experience? So what are organizations, what are hiring managers, what are HR people looking for in that case? Yeah, and I think it unfortunately differs a little bit for the individual, um, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's it's sometimes it's fit, sometimes it's not. Um, what I find when I ask the the Canadian experience um, or ask managers to kind of define that, it's more on knowledge or expertise within uh, the industry and being able to kind of ramp up within the job. So. Um, so I'll take like for my company, for instance, um, we sell, uh, we're very much a sales organization. So we sell through the channel. So having knowledge of how that works, um, what the partners are, are like, what the sales cycle and all that stuff, that's very important for them as part of the ramp up. So, you know, when they ask for Canadian experience for, for us, it means knowledge of the industry mm, and okay. knowledge of, you know, channels and partners and having that kind of, um, knowing how it works so that managers aren't spending time trying to explain to you, oh, these are our partners and these how we go to market and this is what we do. So, um, you know, if you kind of know that, and I would kind of encourage the candidates to ask back to the um, hiring managers, help me understand what you mean by Canadian experience. Like what is, what does that mean to you? So they can get a better idea of what that means to the individual. 
and they can answer it better because a lot of times it could be something that they already have knowledge of, maybe not experience in it, but they already have knowledge of and they can speak to it. So they could say, oh, I, it, this is what you mean by Canadian experience. I know, um, you know, I have talked to, you know, so-and-so and I know about this and that. Um, and, you know, I have contact in this area and that person and so on. Um, so that helps them get over that question at least demonstrate mm -hmm. that they have something there and they are over to they are able to kind of overcome it yeah no and i and i like how you you mentioned going back to the hiring manager and asking them and i you know unfortunately there are some some organizations or hiring managers out there that just use it as a way of not telling the person the truth in terms of why they don't want to hire them right um yeah yeah, yeah. but and but so go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and at the same time, I think um, if that was the case, maybe ask yourself if that's kind of the organization you want to be in, if they're, mm -hmm. um, you know, if they can't be forthright about, you know, what you're missing or what you're lacking in order to get that particular position, um, and just using Canadian experience as a way to deflect it. Yeah, no, that's a great point. But, it, and, and this is, you know, some of the things that we teach as well is, understand the language of the organization, understand the language of the industry. Because depending on where you're coming from in the world, you could have been in a similar industry in, you know, whether it's Southeast Asia or Europe or the Middle East, the language that you use inside of that industry might be slightly different than the language that we use here. And mm. if you can know the language, if you can speak the language, even things like acronyms, right? So I know acronyms, depending on the organization that you're connecting with, uh, they will have their own acronyms for certain things within the same industry. If you can know that kind of stuff, that's going to give you the leverage that you need to get ahead of your competition and get over that Canadian experience stuff because now you understand how the organization's set up. And you touched on this, you know, um, it's, it, and it's really, I, I believe it's like a translation of what it is you know in terms of your knowledge and your experience and how you translate that into a Canadian work environment. But even from organization to organization, the language changes too, right? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I really liked how you talked about connect with somebody inside those organizations to do that. So my question is going to be, so how do you do that? How do you connect with people inside those organizations to have those conversations so you can learn that language? Yeah, so um, I use things like LinkedIn and um, uh, 10,000 Coffee. So I find uh, 10,000 Coffee is, a, is really nice way because people that go on there generally would be open to kind of coffee and coffee invite mm -hmm. um so you could search for someone within a certain industry or um a certain organization that you want to be in and kind of reach out to them and then um and then also linkedin you know finding someone within that organization and reach out to them now i would kind of advise when you reach out to them just don't send just a, a invite and not have anything because <laughs> I do get a lot of those and I'm like I don't know who you are and I don't know what you want so I'm not gonna be adding you to my network but I, I would be open to someone if they said oh I'm hey I'm interested to learning about the company that you work for the role that you're doing or the industry that you're in can I can we connect so in, indicate or state what why you want to connect with them mm -hmm. and I think that gives a reason for that person to be like okay I know what what do you I know what you want or I know what you're reaching out to me about um then I'd be more likely to you know accept or or do whatever yeah, yeah. 
and sometimes there are certain Eastern professions, they have associations and some of the associations, they have kind of their own um, hubs. So whether that's on Ten Thoughts Coffee or whether that's on LinkedIn or through their own um, association, they may have little hubs in little meetings and gatherings and that's a good way to network too. Um, and then once you get, you know, their people's contact, again, reach out to them and, you know, remind them that, hey, we meet, we met at this event and, um, you know, you told me about X, Y, Z and I'm really interested to learn more. Can we connect for, for a couple of minutes um, to discuss more? So just having that clearly stated reason of why you're connecting with them. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I, I, I like that because, you know, networking events, like I go to several different networking events and uh, you meet a lot of people like you, you know, you go to an event, but, hey, how are you doing? Da, 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 da. You end up having all these different conversations. But I find the people that I really want to connect with and people I want to stay connected with, I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's the people who can recap the conversations that I had. So if you go in and you ask me about, hey, uh, you know, I read on your profile that you like cycling, what's that like? And we talk about cycling for 15, 20 minutes, and then you move off to, to speak to somebody else. You end up following up with me afterwards saying, hey, I like, hey, just remember we talked about cycling. It's like, oh, okay, now I know who you are. And now I know why I want to stay connected with you. And I also like that you mentioned when you're connecting with people, especially on LinkedIn, and I'm sure you see this too, you must have, you know, several people reaching out to you saying, hey, I want to connect with you, but there's no messages, there's no personalization, there's nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I really like, you know, how you talked about put something in there that's personalized that tells you why you want to connect with them. Cause I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. So, so, so what do you do? So when, when people are reaching out to you and they connect with you, how do you find, are people good at maintaining the relationship with you once they connect with you? Have you seen that in terms no. of <laughs> <laughs> really not? Um, and I, I think that's, that's the, difficult or that's a challenge for a lot of people is maintaining the contact right and a lot of times i find candidates reach out and they'll be like oh is there a job at x company yeah and and that's kind of it um whereas there there's so much more uh richness that you can have in a conversation and like you said i really like how you say you, you can go to someone's profile and see that they like cycling you can have a conversation with them about cycling establishing that um you know connection with that person mm -hmm. or even a similarity that you have um <clears throat> so let's say if a person is in hr and they reach out to me you know instead of asking um you know is there an hr job at you know your company you can ask what's the industry is like and you know you can ask about um any kind of education requirements that's needed or what's the experience like um or any a lot of things that you can ask about that person so that you could have a more conversation and then and i find that um there are candidates that or there are people that try to follow up but it's very much just like oh i just want to see how you're doing and how is your family? <laughs> That's it. So um, I think to your point is, is finding, you do need to do a little bit of a research um, on that person or on that, on that company and say, oh, I saw this recent news on, on your company, what's your intake on it or um, what's going on with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, or I saw that uh, your company is doing this. 
I really want to get to know more about it. So if it's, if it's something that you're really interested in, you find out more information. Um, and it's a good way just to get more knowledge from, from someone within the organization. Yeah, no, makes sense. Yeah, and, and, and I think now people have the opportunity to really personalize and just, just check in and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, how yeah. are you doing? How are you doing through this pandemic? You know, how are you managing things? You know, how you feel like just simple stuff. Like we don't even have to go into really elaborate stuff, but just showing concern and being genuine and, and just being authentic, really. And, and, you know, treating everybody like they're the most interesting person in the world and saying, hey, yeah, Lena, sure. you know, what's going on with you? You know, what's happening and all this stuff. So I, I want to dig in a little bit into the perspective of a human resources professional and what they look for when they're, they're in the process of bringing people into organizations. So as somebody who's in the field and somebody who you know, does their job incredibly well, what are you looking for in candidates when you're going through that process? Yeah, so, so for our organization, we're very big on growth mindset. So finding... Mm -hmm. um, people that um, you know don't just give up and when, when they hit a, a challenge um, they're you know open-minded they're problem solvers and um, they will keep learning uh, and they take initiatives and proactive so those are kind of things that I would look look for when I screen people mm -hmm. now um, so hiring manager usually because they have so much things on their plate and you know, they have deadlines and they have results and uh, that they had to look for, um, they'll be looking for someone who can ramp up pretty quickly. So what that means is someone with you know experience or at least transferable experience and skill set to be able to take on the role and kind of hit the ground running instead of having to spend time training, which is unfortunate. Um, and it's it's not something that you know we as HR are are championing for, but it's the reality that they're facing. Mm -hmm. So there is a very, almost like a, a gap between what HR people will be looking for versus what um, hiring managers look for, uh, just because of the circumstances that hiring managers are given versus HR, we kind of know, yeah, this individual has this skill set and they can transfer to to the role that they, they have and they can bring a different perspective or a different view or a different um, knowledge to the role, but it's not something that can meet the immediate need of, you know, the, the manager or the team. Yeah. So, so just so I can recap, so, you know, from an HR perspective, you know, are they qualified? Do they fit the role? Do they have a, a certain type of growth mindset for your particular role in your organization? Do they have a particular mindset? Are they problem solvers? And so, so how does someone demonstrate that? How does somebody demonstrate that they have a growth mindset and a problem solving type mindset? Like, how do you, how do you know within somebody's profile that you can tell that there's somebody who does that? Yeah. So one question we actually um, ask to, to kind of get that sense is uh, how do you tell me about time that you had a, a failure? Mm. Or tell me, tell me you failed, and the question isn't isn't to to see how bad you failed. The question is is to determine what did you do um, at that particular time, and how did you overcome it. So 
it's the the action and the attitude that you're you had towards that failure it's not so much that failure is bad but we want to understand um how you overcome it that's more important yeah actually it's one of my favorite questions and i think questions a lot of people struggle with because i've even heard people you know as a hiring manager or somebody who's hired hundreds of people in the past you know when i ask the question and somebody says well i've never really failed at anything or the other one is uh, you know, tell me about a time you've had a conflict with somebody. And it's like, well, I don't really have conflict with anybody. I'm like, yeah, you're clearly not being introspective enough. And, and you don't understand, you know, who you are as a person. Because if you're telling me you've never had a conflict, it, it's it's something as easy as, hey, you go for, for a movie and you're sitting outside the theater and you're looking up and it's like, okay, which movie we're going to watch? Like that could be considered a conflict, right? Um, what are you right, coming back with? Right. You know, what are you? Sh- Sorry, go ahead. No, but I think there's there's that two folds to it. Is one is how um, I guess how failure or conflict that the connotation mm-hmm. associated with it, because there's very much a negative connotation to it. So um, you know, for people to admit that yes, I've had a conflict or yes, I had a failure, and not be perceived as a negative thing is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it take it takes a little bit of work, and then the other thing is um, how to actually answer it. So, because it's a, it's a very dicey kind of question. Because if you answer it, um, I wouldn't say wrong, but if you answer it in a way that maybe perceived differently in the role that you're applying to, it could mm-hmm. be very detrimental to 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 your candidacy. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a little bit of a tricky question, and it it's um you do have to tread the waters a little bit um and understanding that you know you you pick a conflict but and i usually tell people to uh, prepare in advance so obviously these kind of questions will come up but have some examples already lined up or even write them out so that when you're interviewing um you can pick them out instead of having to think about oh my god at the time that i had conflict because a lot of times when you have to think on the spot it's a little hard yeah. To think on, on the spot and be able to kind of craft the message beautifully. So, you know, prepare in advance and just write those examples out and how you answer them. And that might help you or help the candidates. Yeah, no, I like how you said that. I, and I, and you know, writing it out in advance, practicing, rehearsing it, uh, that kind of alleviates and takes away some of the nervousness that people feel, right? It's like, what are they going to ask me? And, and when you're already nervous because you're you're trying to make an impression on somebody, a positive one, and going in there and having to think off the top of your head, like it's not going to come off very strong. It's just going to make you more nervous, right? So I like how you said, you know, write it out, review it, make sure you have it in your back pocket for the scenario that you're facing. So this way you go and prepare. It's like, okay, so this is the standard response I'm going to use for this type of question because I have a very good response prepared. But the, the one thing, you know, the one thing that we tell people is just be authentic. Like don't lie about stuff don't Mm -hmm. don't you know don't make up stuff like be genuine and you don't always have to take from your professional career you can also take from your personal life you know if you don't have a specific example around a failure it could be a failure at home hey i tried installing something in my kitchen and it was a total disaster right so you know people are always thinking i gotta think about you know, professional, 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 but do, so our personal examples, okay. Like this is a question for you as somebody who is a, is an HR person. Like, would you take a personal response to a question as being one that's sufficient? 
I, I think it depends on the example they provide. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you you said um, you know at time I was I was setting up something and I failed. It was a disaster, um, or trying to you know put together something that that could be okay, right? But um, if you're going to tell me about a time that you went to a party and you crashed it and you know <laughs> certain like certain things like that may be a little inappropriate to reveal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, depending on on the example, it has to be kind of appropriate, and yeah. um, obviously it demonstrates a skill set that you're you're also um, that's also valuable to the role that you're applying to, right? Right. All right. No, it's fair. And having appropriate, you're right. You don't want to say, "Hey, I crashed this party one time, and I learned that wasn't the right thing to do," especially uh, <laughs> uh, in that inner circle. And then we get pulled away by the cops. It was a total disaster sitting in the backseat of the, uh, the police cruiser. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't want that example you want to be telling um, yeah. HR uh, or the <laughs> No, absolutely. So as we, we get near the end of uh, this call, is there anything else that you've seen that stands out for people or people that actually, let's focus on positive right now because I, I think this is really good. Uh, is there is there one or two characteristics that you see stands out in folks like people that you've seen pretty much they walk into the room and you almost want to offer them a job before they leave because they've done such a great job of impressing you what would be one or two characteristics outside of the ones of the growth mindset and problem solving mindset what else would those individuals have in order to be successful i think um one the confidence that they show <clears throat> excuse me and and like they always say that you know first 30 seconds you can tell a lot about about the person by a lot of its you know non-verbal behavior and non-verbal gestures so you know how you walk in how you present yourself and um and how you uh interact with the person within the third first 30 seconds it it's that connection that's already established right so I think that's very important. And then um, second thing, I think it's the articulation. Uh, and I say articulation, not communication, because um, it's how you articulate your skill sets that um, that relates to the role that I find very important. Because some people have, they may have the experience, but they can't articulate it in a way that's very valuable to them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so articulation and the first 30 seconds. So, so let me just dig in a little bit deeper because I'm sure some of the audience members are also wondering. So what does that look like? So when you talk about making a connection within the first 30 seconds, what would that look like to you? Um, I think when you first walk in and you, you know, you're presentable, obviously, <laughs> and you, you have that personality of being um, at least warm to the person mm -hmm. and again that that the can be very subjective to to everybody um because some people if you're very warm and fuzzy and they could be like i don't i don't need someone who's warm and fuzzy <laughs> so um and and that <laughs> and and that is something can you kind of walk in and um you know go in a way that you're you're professional and you you know handshake and you have a smile and say hey how are you and um you know things like that to establish the first kind of 30 seconds of their impression of you mm -hmm. and then get your sense of what that person is like right if you feel like that person is is personable then obviously you can be a little bit more personable towards them but if you feel like they're very um 
like clear and strict and um, very, you know, hard, then you might want to kind of refrain a little bit from the warm and fuzziness to uh, being very straightforward with them. Mm -hmm. All right, good, good, good. So, so given today that we're going through a pandemic, maybe shaking hands isn't necessarily the best, right? especially right. with social distancing. So we are on video. So what, so what would you, what would be one or two things that you would recommend for somebody who's on video doing some sort of phone screen or interview with somebody? What would be one or two tips that you could give that? Yeah. And I think one is, um, being on video is obviously something that not everyone is very comfortable with. So practice in advance and mm -hmm. kind of even recording yourself. I know it's hard to watch yourself, but, um, you know, do a, a, you know, practice run of yourself answering questions on video and kind of catch yourself on, you know, what you're doing. Um, are you, you know, moving a lot even in, in video or are you stuttering a lot in video? Are you, um, you know, is your lighting okay? And things like that, that could really um, make a difference for, for the person. And obviously your connection um, makes a difference too. But um, even going, you know, when you go in to a video interview, for example, just say, hey, um, uh, and with the understanding that we all have family um, with us at this time, we've been pets or even outside noises. Um, so if you have any of that going on, just, hey, um, just want to let you know that I may have some background noise going on and, you know, I'm trying to, you know, to be able to stay away from that, but just to let you know. So be, be upfront about it because we're, we all understand that we're in that, you know, home communities. So our right. home environment. So we're going to have that. Um, so just bringing up highlighting it is, is okay. And um, being forthright about it. Excellent. All right. Good stuff. No, thank you. That's that to me, because I know a lot of organizations have moved on to that platform. So those tips are mm -hmm. incredibly helpful in terms of, you know, especially when it comes to lighting, people should be able to see your face. Uh, I yeah. think that's incredibly important because if it's so dark that people can't see you, then they're like, who, you know, anyways, but great tips. Thank you for that. So as we, as we wrap up is uh, if people wanted to connect with you or learn more about you, Lena, how would they do that? Yeah, so they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's just Lena, L-I-N-A-W-A-N-G. Uh, another way, reach out to John. He has my contact too. <laughs> so yeah, I will definitely share the, uh, to, the link to your LinkedIn profile on the show notes. So you know, be, be aware, people are going to reach out to you. They're going to want to learn more. Uh, especially I those expect that a message then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. She will not accept your LinkedIn request unless you personalize your message. Great tip. Thank you. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, so that's been, thank you. So yeah, no, thank you for that. And I'll uh, make sure I share that uh, link with them as well. And uh, thank you for your time today, Lena. It's been great chatting with you and just getting some of your insights and perspective on, you know, what a human resources professional is looking for when they're bringing people into your organization. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be on here. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Lena. All right. That is it for this episode of the Canadian Job Search Podcast, everybody. Wishing you a great win and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>